from the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com. Here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello, everyone. My name is Carlos Silva, the sports editor for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal newspaper here in Lubbock, Texas. And we're bringing you another edition of the Red Raiders podcast, NCAA tournament edition. And then, of course, because of that, that means we're going to have some special guests to talk about the next matchup, that being Texas Tech taking on Duke in the Sweet 16. So we've got Stephen Wiseman, a very, very uh, notable, notable reporter here. Because he's actually covered Texas Tech taking on Duke prior. Uh, that's where we kind of met at Madison Square Garden. He's a sports writer covering the ACC. Of course, mainly Duke for the Herald Sun.com and the NewsObserver.com. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm good, Carlos. Good to see you again. Uh, good to be in on the West Coast this time, not, not, yeah. the, not the Far East Coast like we were last time. I was about to say it's a little bit more sunny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Got you. Well, obviously, uh, not, uh, a lot of smiles for both teams, Duke and Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech obviously eking out a victory in their previous one. And same thing with Duke taking on Michigan State, a team that obviously with Tom Izzo, you know you're going to get a, a big uh, big defensive effort. Um, and certainly that was a big one for Duke. Uh, I guess just for, from your perspective, what did you see from that? I know there was some in, I believe there might have been an injury that I saw on Twitter. I guess if you could just kind of give us a little bit of a, a recap of that game between Duke and Michigan State. Yeah, you know, it was a back and forth game. Um, uh, Duke uh, Duke took a nine point lead about 12, 11 minutes to go in the game and looked like, okay, they've kind of got this, got a handle on this. They're in good shape. And then they, sort of frittered it away like, like they've done a few times this year, frankly, when they lost yeah. some of those ACC games to Virginia and Miami and uh, Florida State, where even Ohio State, they lost the Big Ten ACC Challenge, where they had to leave the second half and let it get away and lost it. So um, they uh, they were down by five with five minutes to go and uh, really shut down Michigan State from there. They were down 70-65 and ended up winning 85-76. So – you know, put out scored about 20 there down the stretch, I guess. So, um, just really strong de- defense down the stretch. They were strong with the ball. They made big shots. Trevor Keels hit a three pointer, Jeremy Rudge hit a three pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made their free throws in the last minute. Some things they frankly haven't done in some of those losses I mentioned earlier were where they they kind of let it get away. And uh, it was a, it was a really big step for this team to to do that and to you know, uh, you know, they're looking at the end of Coach K's career if they don't pull that yeah. one off and every. Every game now is potentially the last game he's going to coach and 42 year career there. So that's on the player's mind and they, they try not try for it not to be, but it is. But uh, but that was a big, a big step for them uh, emotionally to try to get over that hump and kind of close out a, a tough opponent in a tough situation. Talking Duke, Michigan State with Stephen Wiseman covers the ACC, mainly Duke for the HeraldSun.com and NewsObserver.com. We'll go a little bit more into this game uh, for a little bit, Stephen, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you alluded to. And I guess the elephant in the room is that Coach K is essentially coaching in his last retirement run, if you will, once the season's mm-hmm. over, he's retired. But uh, I guess when you look at the five starters that played that game, they all finished in double figures. Is this a team that really heavily relies on a short bench, or has this just happened because it's the NCAA tournament, there's a lot – more time in timeouts. There's a lot more time at halftime to kind of allow players to rest and maybe coach Keys uh, truncating the the, the the bench a little bit, or 
is, is this just kind of how it's been playing? But yeah, they've been mostly a you know eight, seven, eight every once in a while nine man um, uh, uh, team on their rotation this year. Yeah, and it has shrunk down a little bit to to really seven. I mean, Joey Baker is the only senior on this team, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he it normally plays a lot. You know, he gets. 12, 15 minutes a game, and he hasn't played much of late uh, because I really think the style of play, the, the physicality of these games is just too much for him. So uh, he, he's really fallen off the rotation. So you have Theo John, who's a, a grad transfer from Marquette, uh, really one of those 60-year COVID guys um, uh, who who spells Mark Williams, the seven-foot center Duke has. So they kind of split time in the, in the post. Theo is usually the first guy off the bench early mm-hmm. for the first time out to replace Mark Williams and kind of give him a rest because he can't play 30 minutes a game at his size. Uh, and then, um, you know, either now Trevor Keels has been coming off the bench lately. He's been a starter a lot this year. He and Jeremy Roach kind of traded places. A.J. Griffin, who you mentioned earlier, who had the ankle injury and didn't play the last five minutes of the game against uh, Michigan State. Seems like he's mm-hmm. going to be okay. He was a reserve early in the year. He became a starter. So they kind of had that sixth man that kind of rotates a little bit, or the seventh man, I guess, behind Theo John. But that's really what they're really down to seven guys right now that are playing a lot. So it'll be interesting to see against Texas Tech because I'm sure everyone's been talking about the Texas, the Texas Tech defense part of me, just how yeah. physical they are. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that they've kind of maybe seen that adversity and maybe crumbled a little bit under it early on. But one guy I want to talk about before we go back into coach K again is Paolo Banchero. How good has he been as his freshman year, a 6'10", 250 pound forward. And just a guy that seems to really just find a way to score sometimes. He does. He's really got a lot of ability. And obviously that's why he's projected as number one pick in the draft or, or yep. number two, or he's not going to fall out of the top five. I think it's pretty, pretty safe to say that mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he's got a pretty good mid-range jumper. Uh, he's a decent three-point shooter, 31 32% maybe. Not great, but that's the kind of shooter that when he gets a little older and gets to the NBA, that'll probably improve. He's got a, he's got a good start to, to build on there, but he's not a great three-point shooter right now. Uh, but he, his ball handling is strong. He's 6'10", 250. So he, you know, he really helps out with rebounding. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good passer. They, they do a lot of post-to-post passing with – Bancaro to Mark Williams or vice versa. And uh, that that's a, that's a potent part of Duke's offense. So the one thing about Paulo, he started the year, he was voted ACC preseason player of the year. A lot of hype for a guy who never played a college game, but that's, yes. that's the world we live in now. Yes. Um, and he frankly came up kind of small at sometimes there are certain points of games where he would just kind of disappear. And, and particularly in some of those losses, I mentioned Miami, Virginia, Florida state, mm-hmm. he had late turnovers, things like that. Um, he he would he sometimes still passes the ball too much instead of being as assertive as I think the coaches want him to be because he's such a good passer and he's he's unselfish as a player. But when you have that ability, sometimes you just got to take it and go, you know. And they've tried to force him yeah. into that a little more as the season's gone on. And and we saw some of that in the second half against Michigan State. He was lined up with Joey Hauser from Michigan State, and you know that's a one on one battle that Paulo should win, you know, almost every time. And he really took the ball at him a lot in the second half to get his points and he ended up with 19 in the game to lead Duke. So he's a, he's a really, really good player. And uh, you know, he's a guy that, that can take over a game. If you look at the win over Gonzaga Duke had earlier this year, he really was, was incredible in the first half. That's the best I'd seen him play all year with the shooting and the driving and scoring. And um, he's got, he's got a really high ceiling if he, if he reaches it. In terms of coach K, as we mentioned before, this is, his last year, he's going to retire once the season ends. 
Have you seen more of the team maybe getting nervous before games because now it's the tournament and it's winner go home? Or did you see a little bit of the nerves taken away or maybe they're still there at the start of the season when he kind of does that? Because as you said, he's been doing it for 42 years. He's 70 plus years old. Certainly he he's made his uh, he's made his mark on the college college basketball game. So, I mean, there's a lot to go with it, but have you seen the players really tense up or has that bothered them at all? Or has it even been uh, magnified a little bit now that the, now that the uh, focus is a little bit more on that? Yeah, I, I think it hurt them. I know it hurt them in the last home game against Carolina when they, when they really melted down the stretch, yeah. you could mm-hmm. see the panic in them uh, with all the, there were like almost a hundred ex players up there in the stand, Shane Battier and Chris Leitner and Jay Williams, long, name, all those guys, right? Pre-game, very long. Pre-game. Yes. The pregame. <laughs> and then the postgame was coming up and uh, they really, you know, they, they botched it. I mean, there's no way around it. They botched that moment. And it was, it was just too much for them. And I even talked to the coaching staff about it, that they thought they had them ready and, you know, they'd already clinched the regular season ACC. So that game didn't mean anything as far as that went, but, that shouldn't matter uh, with those, you know, playing your rival. But uh, and anyway, they, they all said, you know, it just it proved to be too big of a moment for those kids. That's just all it was. And then they, they kind of had a hangover to that in, in in the ACC tournament in Brooklyn. They won two games. They beat Syracuse and Miami, but they yeah. had to, to win them late. And and then, they, of course, they came up uh, short against Virginia Tech. They really in the last second half, they didn't play well. Uh, and it was that game was too much for him. So we wondered, you know, what they would be coming into this. And, and I, mm-hmm. I, I wondered about Michigan State. I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure if they get past them, knowing how tough Izzo would be and his team and everything. And and they 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 flipped it around, flipped the script, and got it done. So I have the same concerns about Texas Tech. Uh, you know, it's a veteran team. Their average age is what twenty two, and yep. You know, Duke's 19. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and they're very strong. They're going to get in their face defensively and. You know, it, this team sometimes hasn't been able to play at that level two games in a row against really good opponents. They can blow out of Pittsburgh, of course, somebody like that. Yes. But they have to do this on and on and on now. So that's really the concern I think I have. I think at this point with the the end of Kay's career, like it's coming soon. It's only a maximum of four more games. So at this point, I think that's really out of their heads. I think it's more, you know, can they be as connected and strong as they need to be in these in these tight situations against really good teams? Speaking of tight, Texas Tech barely got out of a game against Notre Dame where they gave up nine three-pointers, were able to close it out in a 10-1 run to win 59-53 last weekend. What do you know about Tech? I know you've already alluded to guys being about 22. I know Coach Bob Huggins during the postgame kind of chat that they had on on some of the networks was just like, oh, they just got a bunch of dudes, a bunch of old guys and just guys that can really kind of push you around. What what have you kind of heard or or what is Coach K or if you've been able to talk to any of the coaches or anyone before we talk to him tomorrow, we're recording this on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. What have you kind of heard about Texas Tech or are they the same team that minus uh, obviously the the different players, but is it the type of culture, if you will? It seems like it. I know it's a different coach too, right? I mean, Chris Beard obviously was the coach uh, oh, yeah. in, in New York back then. So, um, but it seems like this team is is tough minded. There's some depth to them, right? They they. Oh, that's one thing, Bob Huggins. I saw that same interview with him. He was talking about how they just keep sending guys at you, you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, um, they're all you know six seven six eight. You know, the tough guys are going to again get in your face. And you know, it seems like. Duke should have a little height advantage because Mark mm-hmm. Williams is seven one and Paulo is six ten. Yeah, um, they should, you know, uh, 
take advantage of that. Maybe we'll see how it goes, but yeah, um, uh, that could be one area where they'd be ahead, but, but no, I, I just know uh, Duke's going to be guarded like they haven't been guarded all year. Probably, yeah. um, you know, Virginia's known for their defense. They weren't quite as good this year, but, uh, mm-hmm. but they, they guard like the heck out of you. And uh, this is one where, you know, Duke's going to have to be very strong, keep the turnovers down, you know, shoot well from three point when they get a three point shot. And if they, if something happens and they give up, you know, a, a 30 second shot clock violation or something, they're going to have to shake it off and move on and come back at them again and not let it, you know, snowball on them. And that, that's one thing about this team that can kind of happen. If things start going wrong a little bit, somebody has to settle things down and kind of, you know, get, get them back on the right track. So that's one concern I have for Duke in that, in that matchup. Funny you bring that up. Cause I feel like Virginia, again, I'm sure tech fans will get upset with me, but I feel like Virginia is probably the one team you can look at that maybe, is a little bit like Tech minus the the, the slower pace of, of of the offense. Tech likes to go up and down when they can or try and push the pace by getting deflections and turning that defense to offense. But in terms of what Virginia did defensively, what really bothered Duke in that first loss in Durham where Virginia was able to get that 69-68 victory? And then, of course, they, they bounced back and they got the victory at Virginia. But I guess what, what, what was just the problem? And it just seems like, Virginia is the one team. I don't know if it's the pace of play or just the way that they were playing defense that kept Duke to, you know, 60 points. Yeah. It, it, well, the pace for sure was it, but they, yeah. they, uh, they just made things very difficult for Duke in the half court. They, they, yeah. they were unable to, to get, you know, good shots. Uh, again, they game up at, at Virginia, they made shots at the end and they, and they won. So mm-hmm. um, credit to them for that. But, but you know, that first Virginia game was a Monday uh, Duke played Carolina on Saturday night in Chapel Hill and went in there and, and you know, ran them off the court and won by 20. And they had to turn around and play Virginia. And again, that team couldn't handle that. They just, again, the coach thought they had them ready and that was the schedule and they did it, but uh, uh, they, they faltered down the stretch and, and lost by one, you know, late three pointer by Reese Beekman won that game. With, you know, otherwise Duke would have survived and won, but he made the three with one second to go and they, they lost. But uh, defensively, that's what it was. They were just, you know, physical with them and, and Duke's got guys. I mean, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, wilting flowers here. They're, they're pretty big guys too, but, yes. mm-hmm. but sometimes they, you know, again, Paulo Bencaro get the ball in the middle of a defense and, you know, he'll have, it'll be slapped away from him or make a bad pass and it'll get picked off, you know, kind yeah. of a looping pass. So it's more, uh, you'll hear coach K use this term, be strong with the ball. That's what they have to do. They have to remind, remember that all the time. And against this team, it's really going to be important. Absolutely. And wh- when you kind of look at this matchup, uh, I know you mentioned it. Obviously, Mark Adams, a uh, lead assistant for Chris Beard during his five years. Now he's getting his first chance at 65 years old. Obviously, Coach K, uh, obviously a little bit older at uh, 70 plus years old. So Mark, almost uh, one of the youngins, minus uh, obviously some of the other guys on the other side of the bracket. But in terms of what uh, we were talking about, obviously, we talked about Bancaro, Griffin. Obviously, everyone knows about Bryce Williams and his consistency on in the post for Texas Tech, they started to make some threes in that first game against Montana State, maybe an inferior opponent, you can argue. But the thing is, is you still have to make those shots from the outside. And Texas Tech has made made its money, so to speak, or, or, or gotten its bread and butter from uh, getting points in the paint. Do you feel like that's something that Duke will be able to counteract because of the size inside, as you kind of alluded to? They should be able to, but I will say that again. I'm going to reference those losses. Uh, yes, <laughs> points in the paint was a problem when they lost to Miami, when they lost to Virginia, 
they, they, they gave up, you know, straight line drives at the basket or uh, uh, offensive rebound putbacks. And uh, they seem to have solved the offensive rebounding issue a little bit because, you know, Mark Williams was coming out to block shots quite a bit. He led the ACC in block shots, ACC mm-hmm. defensive player of the year that left him out of position for rebounds. And Bancaro has gotten better in the last month or so here at like kind of backs, you know, backfilling that and being the guy there to get the, to get the rebound. If Williams goes out for a block shot. So instead of leaving the basket empty, he was taken. So that that's been fixed a little bit, but uh, so uh, yeah, at times this year, Duke's been good at keeping guys out of the paint and they were pretty good against Michigan state that way. Uh, but other times they haven't been. So, um, it's it's a it's an area of concern that they I know they're they're going to be working on quite a bit to to make sure that stays strong because it was pretty good against Michigan State. Once again, that's Stephen Weisman. You're listening to a sports writer covering the ACC, mainly Duke for the News and Observer and the Herald Sun, talking Duke Texas Tech as they head into a Sweet 16 matchup on Thursday. It's going to be the late game, so about 11 or pardon me, 11 8:39 p.m. Pacific time, so probably 10. 10 o'clock uh, central time for some of you people that are trying to stay up for that one. It'll be a late one for everyone involved. Um, CBS, if I'm not mistaken as well, on the yep. television station. Um, in terms of all those things, and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here, Stephen, which I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day. I know you're busy. I've been traveling. You've been traveling. But yeah, when you kind of look at this game or you're watching this game on Thursday, we're recording this on Tuesday. If you're watching and you see Duke – or Texas Tech doing one certain thing, and you're going to realize, okay, Texas Tech is is in a good position to win, or Duke is in a position to win. What 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 are you looking for? Well, for Duke, it's if they're shooting poorly from from three point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think against Virginia Tech when they lost the ACC title game, they were four out of twenty. Yeah, three, and um, so they got they got open shots that day. They just didn't hit them. And that was the third game in three days. But anyway, that's one stat I would look at on the Duke side. On the mm-hmm. on the Texas Tech side, I would look at uh, – I mentioned it before, but I'll repeat it – how many offensive rebounds they get and the putbacks yeah. and the points in the paint. Because um, uh, uh, Duke's been strong this year at holding teams to a low shooting percentage from three and low two-point shooting you – know, overall yeah. shooting percentage. They're a pretty tough defensive team that way because they get in the face of, uh, of shooters. But uh, if they lose somebody, like they did re-speak been late in that game against Virginia – give up the open three to, to, when they lost, that's where they get bit. So, um, yeah, uh, offensive rebounds and, and, you know, getting inside points in the paint, giving up straight line drives to the basket. Once again, that was Stephen Wiseman. Appreciate the time, my man. Uh, obviously, I'll let you get back to enjoying the sun in beautiful San Francisco right now. But up until then, we'll uh, both get ready to kind of cover Texas Tech versus Duke. As I mentioned before, that's going to be at 8.39 p.m., assuming that there's no overtime in the first game. Uh, between Arkansas and Gonzaga at the Chase Center. Uh, once again, you can watch this game, Texas Tech versus Duke, at 8.39 p.m. on Thursday. That will be at the Chase Center in San Francisco. You can check out all of our coverage on LubbockOnline.com. You can follow me at CM Silva JR for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal portion, or if you're looking for some information on Duke, you can also follow Stephen Wiseman at, at Steve Wiseman NC. Appreciate the time, Stephen, and we'll talk to you all soon. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for having me on, Carlos.